Hello and thank you for choosing to listen to the next episode of my podcast In the Spotlight with Sharon. I'm always very grateful to my listeners as there are so many podcasts available to choose from. For this episode, I was thrilled when Extricly Come Dancing champion Camilla Saker Dalarup offered to be my guest. You'll hear all about her time on the show and her life now as a mindfulness and meditation coach in Los Angeles. I hope you enjoy the podcast as much as I enjoyed creating it. This is In the Spotlight with Sharon. I feel highly honoured and extremely excited to introduce my next guest, Camilla Saker-Dallarup. Camilla is a world-renowned dancer, former Strictly Come Dancing pro champion, an author, hypnotherapist, life coach, and basically an all-round inspirational woman. Welcome, Camilla. Thank you so much for agreeing to be my guest on my podcast. How are you and how's life in LA today? (laughs) Thank you so much, Sharon. Um, What a lovely introduction. Um, And I feel like we've known each other for for so many years because you you connected all the way back when I was part of Strictly Come Dancing, right? So That's right. Just after you won, yes, with Tom yeah, Chambers. I, I know. know. <laughs> the time flies. Today in LA, you'll be happy to know properly, there's no sunshine this morning. <laughs> oh, really? Gosh. Yeah, it feels a bit like London today. It's a bit grey. <laughs> oh, have you got a busy day ahead of you? Yes, and I've had a busy morning, but all good because I I'm just feel so grateful that I get to talk about, you know, mind tools and mindset and, fe- fe- you know, things that can help people navigate yes. through stress and so forth. So I'm grateful to be here. You were born in Denmark um, and yes. you, you started dancing when you were two and a half and you basically won a, a sort of so many different ch- uh, championships and you won your first one when you were 12, you're yeah. the Danish junior champs and you started dancing and partnered Brendan Cole um, and then you became partners with Ian Waite, yeah. um, who's obviously still on It Takes Two now. Yeah. Um, do you catch up with Ian Waite much now? Does he come over? Obviously not during the pandemic, but you know, do you- <laughs> you see yes. each other yes. at many times um, Ian is, is, is a very very dear friend of mine he's family to me like a brother and he knows that um wherever i am in the world there will always be a bed or a couch available to him at any time he oh. does not need to to ring beforehand he can just show up um and um i think it was just was a it must be well it was before the pandemic i did come home one night and he was here um he came to stay and I, oh, it's just the best surprise walking in and seeing Ian. I love, I love that man. He's yeah. very special in my life. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, you partnered. Um, so I, I, I'd forgotten all the, your different partners, actually. I'd totally <laughs> forgotten about David Dickinson. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's just amazing. Roger Black, who um, I think is fantastic. He's just a brilliant athlete. Yes. Um, James Martin, Raytheon, and um, Gethin Jones. Yeah, and you were so close to Gethin, but you won with Tom Chambers. I think really your infamous um, final free dance, which really was incredible, and it's probably one of the most shows most memorable routines. I would say. I've always wanted to ask, what was your inspiration behind that routine? You know, did you have that in mind all the way through, or? It's really interesting, actually, because um, the day I met Tom Chambers at his apartment with the, um, you know, producers and the, and the video yes. uh, crew and everybody, um, he, we were just sort of chatting. You know how you see those intro chats when the show starts up. And 
one of the things he said to me that day was, oh, it's just my, my dream, you know, to do like a Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers number. That would just be amazing. Like really feel like we're in the like black and white films, even like the glamour of Hollywood and all of those things. And I thought, oh, and I, he, he added on a few things, you know, because he was very sort of knowledgeable in, in, in that kind of genre. genre. Yes. And, um, and I remember coming home that night and saying to my husband, well, my now husband, Kevin, gosh, I feel like, like almost pressure. Like I've just met someone who I think could go all the way. Like I just feel like he has the mindset and he has the, the willingness and the excitement and curiosity about like learning the different dances because he knew the showbiz side of it, but he didn't know the ins and out of a waltz and a tango and a quick step. Does that make sense? So he had yes. the kind of the glamour, you know, as yeah. anybody who's seen him in Top Hat would know. Um, so I just felt this responsibility to live up to that and to bring him to the final. And then when we got to the final, it was very much a collaboration. It was like allowing him to bring his kind of uh, passion about that, that, that whole kind of genre of dance and, and, and glamour and, and, and then um, bringing my expertise of the actual, you know, tango, quick step, yeah, balls and yeah. so forth, you know. So it was very much um, a full on collaboration, really. Oh, it's, I could watch that routine over and over again. And I think it's pretty much one of my top three favorites. Aww. I'm not just saying it. it Thank really you, Sharon. <laughs> so, um, so from that, you left the show on a high. You decided to leave Strictly. Since then, I mean, you've written um, four books. You've got in Strictly Inspirational, which was sort of your autobiography. Um, you've got Reinvent Me, It's Not You, It's Me. And the most recent one, Dream, Believe and Succeed. Yes, which is actually a, a sort of a, a reintroduction of the first one. So it's, it's, uh, it was re-released, the Strictly Inspiration was re-released as Dream, Believe, Succeed I see. with a new chapter because that was always my, my dream was for that to be the title. So once I had done my second book, they came back to me, my, my publishers and said, okay, if you want to re-release the, the first book as your, the title you always wanted with a new chapter, bringing it up to date, then here's your chance. So I was really happy about that. Yeah. I mean, have you got um, sort of an idea of where you're going with your sort of next book? Have you got that one in mind or see how it goes? There's always things brewing, you know, at the back of my mind and yeah. I write down ideas and stuff. But really right now, I just really love my, my day to day. And I spend um, most of my time supporting my clients in coaching and hypnosis. And that's sort of taking up the majority of my time. And I'm also focusing on um, creating more actual courses that people can take online like my self-love course and so forth and that's that's kind of as as time consuming as writing a book um so right now um i mean it's it's brewing but i don't have it it's not ready to be um, no. no to come through yet no You basically moved your entire life. So you, you married Kevin Sacre, you, mm. and then you, you, you moved to LA. What was your inspiration for doing that? Do you know, ever since I was very young, um, I moved to Copenhagen uh, from, I used to, I, was, I grew up in Oldbrook and then I moved to Copenhagen. And when I used to walk along the seafront there, um, I don't know why, I have no idea why, but I used to dream of living in California. And um, I would just, oh, I would go running or rollerblading or whatever. And I always think, wow, I wonder what this will feel like to do this in LA. Not that I'd ever been to LA, which was the even more peculiar thing. <laughs> but I had this, this feeling that maybe one day I'll do this in America. 
And um, I traveled all around the world, obviously with my dancing. And the one place that I never, ever stayed, I went through the airport, but I never stayed here was LA. Yet I had this amazing pull towards coming here. Like there's something for me, kind of in a similar way I had to London when I moved from Denmark to London to really dive into um, work with the best coaches in the world for dancing. I felt that, that kind of pull towards here because of, the, the, the kind of teachers available here when it comes to spirituality and meditation and mindfulness. And I just felt like this was the home for it where you could really dive in deeper with the mind. And so mm. that's why we took that kind of crazy leap <laughs> as it seemed because <laughs> I, we moved to a city that we'd never been to, let alone a country. We've been to the country. We've never been to LA. We moved here um, without having ever visited before, but we just felt drawn to it. Um, has it lived up to its expectation? Oh yes. And more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had a, we had a little pact with each other, Kevin and I, that after a month here, we would look at each other and say, okay, are we committed to staying? Is this just going to be like a long holiday or are we going to actually live here, make it our life? And we both were like, let's, let's just go for it. And then um, there's been no looking back. I mean, it was hard by the way. It doesn't, I just want to say it doesn't just happen. You don't just move countries and then, you know, no. start your life over and then, oh, that was easy. There's been okay. a lot of ups and downs <laughs> and applying for visas and green cards and investments and, you know, all yes. sorts of things, but it's been worth it. So do the other people of LA, um, do they have a completely different mindset or, you know, what, what's the difference between people in sort of London and LA? I think it's starting to shift um, at home in England too, but what I love here is just that it's completely okay to talk about your mental state, right? It's a completely right. okay to have two or three coaches. Like many of my clients have me as their life coach and hypnotherapist, and then they might have a therapist and they might have a, you know, a, a breathwork coach and a medit you know, meditation class that they do to feel mentally um, okay in their lives. And that's, that's nothing wrong with saying that. They're not shying away from saying, oh, I work with a therapist. And I, when they say it, it's not judged either. It's like, that's wonderful. That's really good that you're, mm. you've chosen to speak to someone about your feelings. And to me, that was really important because I remember a time in my life where I needed to reach out to a coach and I found it extremely difficult to kind of accept and admit that I need to work with someone. And I remember feeling like, do I share this with my friends or we're here? You would just go, oh, I was working with this great coach yesterday. And they said to me, you know, yeah. it's just such so a lovely conversation. And I, I, I'm hoping that, by having these conversations more and more through the internet and through podcasts like this, you know, that we can be more and more open to it's totally okay to, to need to talk to someone, you know, it's normal. Yeah. I read your autobiography meant, you know, when you released it, but um, mm. I remember you saying that you, you are a very lucky person, but um, do you believe that we make our own luck or in a, at what point does fate sort of play in, in your life really? So you, you, you know, you made that conscious decision to move over to LA. What did luck come into it and fate, you know, what, what's your thoughts on that? Mm. I, I mean, I think that we do make our own luck because I work with people from all walks of life who've had completely different upbringings, been born in different countries and, 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 and into struggle too. And yet the decisions that they've made in their life have shaped them. So of course, sometimes we can also have some luck. I'm not saying that we can be, you know, born into privileged situations, yeah. but with that luck also comes responsibility, right? Yeah. Um, to, to, to make some good in the world. But I think I really truly believe that I believe in synchronicity and I really believe in the, in the power of 
trusting and believing truly within um, because I've, I see magic happen every day when people choose to trust that things will work out. And, 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 and simply by doing that, things seem to work out for the people who trust they will work out. Yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of the law of attraction, right? So I'm, I have never been under any um, delusion that things are just going to happen for me because my parents were both, you know, uh, they own their own business. They worked very hard and they always said, Camilla, if you want something in life, you got to put in the hours and you got to put in the work to create a, uh, you know, a desired outcome for yourself. So I was always on, on that kind of impression. If I put in the work, mm. um, things can happen. And, and that's just how I've kind of attacked anything in life. If I want something, I'll, I'll figure out what work I need to put in and I'll do it. Whether that's educating myself on something, taking a course, putting in the hours, there's definitely something to say about the 10,000 hours, you yeah. know, to become an expert. Wow. So I think with luck is created from the choices we make um, and, and the way we, we choose to see, you know, the simple things as is the, is the cup half full or half empty, right? Um, yeah. Mindset is everything really. And it's something that takes practice, which is why I'm such an ambassador for meditation because <laughs> our brains can be stubborn. You know, we have a negativity bias in the brain it takes practice to work with that and, and, and make it go our way. You know, we need yeah. to constantly work with our brains and our minds to make sure that they're working for us and not blocking and working against us. So what would you say if um, somebody was thinking about taking a leap of, you know, either moving somewhere or a job or just, you know, you're in your comfy zone, you know, your comfort zone and you think, right, I want to do that particular something. Um, how would that person go about it then? Because it's, it's a huge decision, isn't it, to make that leap? You have to ask yourself if you can be okay with the uh, discomfort and uncomfortableness you're probably about to walk through. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I, I honestly think that we, we don't often do things because we don't want to feel the discomfort. I remember working with a, with a CEO, I was working with his company and I asked him sort of like what his strategy in life had been and as a CEO. And he said, I've spent most of my life outside of my um, comfort zone and I'm okay with that. doesn't always feel good, but I'm okay with that. I've accepted it. And I think that's, that has something I've accepted too. I could have never done the things that I've done if I was going to stay in my comfort zone. Yeah. Dancing pushed me way beyond that many times anyway. So I got practice in that. But by doing these things that really scare us and we think, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do it. And that's not for everybody because some people will say to me, no, I'm not willing to feel that discomfort. I don't want that uncomfortableness. Mm. That's okay as long as we then don't complain about not having shifted or done things. You know what I'm saying? So we don't want to get to a point in life where we have regret. So we have to understand is the regret I may have later going to be more discomfort than this discomfort I might feel doing these changes now. What, what has got you I talk through? about this, Sharon, no. by the way, in my book, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what has got you through the pandemic then is, uh, has that, you know, your, your beliefs there or um, do you take that day by day? Because obviously we don't know, you know, where the pandemic is going and what was going to happen in the next day. So how did you, how have you got yourself through the last year? Yeah, I use the tools of meditation and I honestly don't know how anybody navigated through a pandemic without breathing exercises and meditation. I definitely was leaning into my own tools and doing them every single day. And I felt everything that everybody else was feeling too. Just because you meditate doesn't mean you don't have moments of 
despair and, yeah. and, and, and it was feeling hopeless at times for everybody, right? It was like, what is happening in the world? But I think we were also meant to feel some of that, you know, discomfort to, to push us towards different choices in our lives. It's gotten intense, right? Everybody was feeling yeah. overwhelmed. We're running too fast and so forth. So, so I, I was leaning into that. And, and then I very much got into a place where I just wanted to really check in with myself and understand how can I really truly serve? So the people uh, in my network who are my clients, but also on Instagram and, and Facebook and everywhere, how could I serve and make sure I was of service as well as looking after myself, also try and share some of the tools, which I did um, working with different people and, and diff their, their followers and so forth and delivering meditations and kind of giving other people some tools. I'm, I'm huge on sharing these tools of meditation and mindfulness and breath work because I see the results every day, but also the research on them are, are huge when it comes to our, um, you know, supporting our own nervous system and um, navigating through panic attacks and anxiety. And I just want everybody to know, hey, there are things that you can use here to self-soothe. The meditation, is it something that you, um, so for, for people who have never done meditation before, is it something that you have to learn and you have to practice every day, different points out your day, or how does it work? I would say I personally started with three minutes a day and that was quite a big commitment because it was, I decided I was going to be com, you know, committed to do three minutes a day. You, the only thing you really need to know about meditation is that you, there is no button where you switch off all your thoughts. You have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day and they're going to come and go all day long. But when you notice your thinking, you can come back to one focus. One focus can be your breath. It can be a color, a mantra, a sound, whichever it is. Right. Yeah. And and so when we come back to this one focus point over and over and over again, we teach ourselves to be present. We create a bit of space between the thoughts. In that space, we may feel peace or silence. Um, we may have inspired thoughts. Or we might just, just be. like just, We don't need to judge the experience because we're not meditating to become good at meditation. We're meditating to become good at life so that we're less triggered in life, so that we can navigate through challenging situations that you used to feel really charged you know when people would say mm -hmm. something and you might feel really hurt by what they said you get to be in control of your own emotions in a new way and observe things you get to know that you are the thinker of your thoughts but you're not your thoughts you're way more than your thoughts you know um for me it's just it's non-negotiable in my life i i don't feel good mentally if i don't meditate and i don't think i navigate through life um, in my best way if I don't meditate. So um, that's just, I've chosen that to be part of my life. And I have free meditations on my website, um, guided ones that people can follow. I always say, try different ones, connect with different teachers, see what works for you. Is it sound healing that works for you? Is it the mantra? Is it saying I am as you breathe in? That's a simple one. Is mm -hmm. it counting your breath? Find what works for you because we all have different ones that we think this is the one that I feel good about doesn't yeah. matter if it's the same one you use every single day you're still training your mind it's literally like building a six-pack in your in your brain um and by the way i often don't feel like meditating it's not like i go woohoo i'm <laughs> gonna go sit down for 15 minutes and be still now because we're so in the doing yeah but i love the benefits like i just the way it's, it boosts my immune system i feel stronger from it and like I said, I feel I can handle stress better, um, less overwhelmed. I feel happier within. I don't think I knew what it was to feel content. 
within before I started meditating. That took years, but I got to a point where I'm just feel really good within. Even self-love and self-compassion were things that meditation helped me to introduce to my life. I read that um, you said that you have been inspired by Oprah Winfrey and Marianne Williamson and Louise Hay. And mm. I'm just wondering why you've chosen those three ladies and Oprah is sort of renowned for her lifestyle and so she's so fit and healthy. So have you taken anything from their lifestyles and their mantras and taken them into yours? So with Oprah, I think what really, I mean, she's just an, a wonderful, inspirational woman serving in the world and has brought a lot of these spiritual tools to the forefront of people's minds. But I think what struck me, um, she has a book called uh, What I Know For Sure, which I just think is, is amazing. There's one point in there where she talks about doing the things that really kind of gets that feeling in your belly where you're like, yeah, I want to do that. And then there are other things where you're like, oh, something feels heavy enough. And then sometimes we push ourselves to doing it and then it doesn't feel good. Really get into tune with what feels good to you and do more of that. And that's really, I tune into that, whether you want to call it intuition or gut feeling a lot. And we all have that. We yeah. just often ignore it. But what I also loved about Oprah is that she's someone who's talked about having trauma happen in her childhood and how she decided not to let that this you know define her and how she has turned that trauma into something that has um shaped her in life in a different way so it didn't happen to her i think she said but for her in a sense that she has used that in a i don't want to phrase this wrong but she's used that in a way i've mentioned it in my book um that she's gone on and served on such a massive scale and and her all those things that she's been truthful and spoken about has helped other people. Similar with Louise Hay very much speaks in that way. And Louise Hay talks about affirmations and how they really are like orders to our subconscious mind saying something like, I am, you know, I am loved. I am enough. I am worthy. They're way more than just sort of fluffy words. They're really um, direct orders to our subconscious mind and our subconscious mind runs our lives 95% of the time. But often we'll say the other one, we'll say, I'm not worthy, right? Instead of I'm worthy. And what Louise would say is, say, I am worthy, even if you don't believe it in the beginning, because as you keep saying and your subconscious is listening and will yeah. one day believe it and feed it back to you. And you'll be in a situation where you would have felt unworthy in the past. And suddenly you'll find yourself going, I'm, I'm worthy of this. And I think that's just, she's been such a big influence in that area. And for Marianne Williamson, well, to me, she's one of the most eloquent speakers in the world. I just love listening to her. And she talks about um, the work in a book called A Course in Miracles. And there is, she talks about things like um, perception is projection. And that's something that I really, I think in NLP, we talk about that too. What we perceive in other people is also what we project. And that's an interesting concept because we're very willing to understand that concept. When I speak to you right now and I think, wow, Sharon is such a lovely lady. I love listening <laughs> oh, to her voice. And, you know, she, she always had such kindness online and that's good, right? But then when yeah. we meet someone and we think, oh my goodness, this person is so controlling. They're really triggering me. Yeah. We're less willing to think perception is projection. We're less willing to think, is there anything here? that I'm projecting that might be a little off? Am I mm. resentful? Am I controlling right now? And I'm not saying we always are because sometimes we also meet old patterns that we've moved on from, but it really helps having that kind of self-awareness to say, maybe 
maybe I was acting a bit abrupt. Maybe, yeah. maybe I can take responsibility. Maybe I could just say, Hey, are you okay? You know, because sometimes people are in a bad place and we, we get so about ourselves. What have I done? Well, maybe this isn't about you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But sometimes yeah. it's, it's quite difficult to see um, a, a part of yourself that, um, <laughs> you know, unless people tell you, yeah. it's very tricky to see that, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, but I think once you know, you do have to work on that. And that's, that's yeah. tricky. That is yeah. a very difficult thing to do and to change that side. But, um, yeah. but do that's you, self-awareness. That's yeah. my, that the first step in it is not you, it's me. We start with the self-awareness. When we are aware of something, we can change it. Yeah. We're not aware of it. We can't change it, right? That's right. But what's your, what are your, what's your thoughts on social media? Um, because people can perceive anything they want to. They can, they can make anything up about themselves and how people judge other people that way or feel that they're being judged. So they have to project this um, sort of, you know, a different way of life or, or people put only good things about their life online. It's... Um... It's a minefield really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, social media. I think we have to really choose with care in the, so it's in the same sense that we would choose with care, the people who surround us in our, um, in our day-to-day -day lives, you know, when you're scrolling and you're constantly getting like sort of triggered by watching something or it, it doesn't make you feel good. Why are you, why are you allowing it into your space? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have people like that that I follow that I feel ugh about because I've just taken them off. <laughs> you know, I just think, what, why? And, I, and, and, and also, I think we, we have to always come back to the words within ourselves. You know, before we post, is this kind? Is this necessary? Is this serving? I, I find it really hard to, to post um, things if it's not really in some way explaining hey do you need to meditate do you need a free meditate hey have you heard of this have you heard? like i find it hard to just i'm like but then there are people that have different passions you know maybe their passion is fashion so they love to share about that some people have a passion for cleaning i one lady i follow i love the way she shows how she yeah. cleans it's really like <laughs> motivates me is that but, mrs hinge yeah but that's it's like, it you know, yeah yeah whatever it is that makes others like if you feel yeah that's fun but if it's not fun why are you watching it that's like torture, right? That's not kind. Are you being kind? That comes back to compassion for ourselves, empathy for ourselves, right? Yeah. If it's not feeling good, stop it. Unfollow, put the phone down. I have very strict limits about how long I'm allowed to spend um, online and, and, and I'm not at all on, on something like TikTok because I just think, I, I just don't think it'll support my mental health right now. I just don't think that would be a healthy option for me. I already have plenty with just Instagram Yes. I can't, I can't personally handle any more than that. And I, I even have a limit on that that comes up and warns me when, if I ever spend an hour, because obviously there's DMs and, and messages and things I yeah, do on there yeah. and, and lives. And if it comes up with a warning, I'm, I'd have to put the phone down. I'm not allowed to spend any more time on it by simply waking up every morning. And before you reach for the phone to ask yourself, how am I today? And listen for the answer. And then secondly, ask, what do I need today? That's like putting yourself in the driver's seat of your day in the sense that I take care of myself before I yeah. take care of anyone else. And it's so simple to do. And it's so fascinating actually just to look at the answer that comes through. One day you'll be like, I'm exhausted. I need to cancel these meetings today. Or mm. I feel really good about myself, but it's really interesting to have that kind of self 
inventory every day to follow your own progression and just to feel how, what do you need? Do you need a hot bath today? Do you need a walk? Do you need to call a friend? Because we are so busy asking other people how they are and, 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 and showing up for others, asking their needs, but we forget to also fulfill what we need ourselves. Yeah. We can't get from an empty cup. So would you say that, um, that people can be happy in life? Is there such a thing as, as happiness or is happiness completely different to, to different people? I think you can be happy in life, but I think also, you know, it's, it's a choice how we, it's not a choice how things happen to us, right? Different things out of our control. Um, it's not always our choice, right? Because yeah. like nobody chose the pandemic, right? But lots of things can happen to us that are out of our control, but how we respond to it is always our choice, right? How we yeah. respond to it. And that again comes back to, I think that's something that meditation really teaches us to respond rather than to react and to really to understand how do I want to respond to this? Because a mindset can choose whether you want to respond with anger or with compassion, with love or with fear. Those are things that we do get to, to choose. Yeah. If a situation arises, do you sort of take a bit of a step back before you choose how you would react? I try. You do. Yeah. <laughs> I try. However, none of us are perfect. Right. And I think I always use this as an example. When we get, we're driving down the motorway or the freeway and we get cut off, right. That can get anybody irate in the moment. Yes. Right? Yeah. We can go from zero to a hundred in literally a second. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really what happens. It's not so much that you, you can notice, wow, I'm, I'm so frustrated. I'm, I'm angry. Right. What do you do next? Do you start speeding down the, the road and try to follow them to go, what are you doing? And then in, in theory, disturbing your own inner peace even more. Or do you say, oh, wow, I really acknowledge that. Really, you got my heckles up, but I'm going to choose to let that go and choose my own inner peace and just go, I hope that person has a, bad, a good day because clearly that was a bad move from their behalf. That was dangerous mm -hmm. what just happened. But I'm going to let it go to, to kind of um, cultivate and accept and, and be in this moment with my own peace. I want to be here because otherwise you could carry that anger on with you, get into the office and already be annoyed, start telling everybody, oh, somebody cut me off. I'm so annoyed. Then they were trying to follow me down the road. And then it was like they got out of the car and this story can just carry on, right? Yeah. Then you get into the office and there's a, somebody in a bad mood there. So you pick up on that energy. And then from then on, the day can spiral, right? Or you can reset and go, I'm going to let that go carry so, on with your day so it's talking to that inner voice isn't it it's, it's trying to control that inner voice yeah yeah so what i'm saying is no matter how much we meditate we can still get we can still get um triggered but it's how how do we deal with it from then on do we just acknowledge observe it let it go right there's that beautiful yeah. um tool called stop where it's like you stop you observe um, and then you, you, you transform or you, you take a breath, right? You say, what do I do with this? Well, I'm going to let it go. And then you carry on, you proceed. Okay. No, it's, it's so interesting. It really is. I mean, it takes work. It does. Yeah. And it's, it's practice, isn't it? Um, yes. Just something it's, it's different. If you're not used to things like that, mm -hmm. it's just an, an acknowledging, um, how you are feeling and how you can change that. Definitely. Totally. I've got a few quick questions here for you. Yeah. Um, if you could learn a new skill, what would it be and why? Hmm. Yeah, it's a close call between golf and tennis, probably, just because I've always been a little bit useless at the tennis and I really like to be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And I really like to be able to direct the ball in one direction. <laughs> I love golf. I've played it before, but not at any high level. But to just be in nature, I love that. Yeah. If you have 30 minutes free time, what do you choose to do other than meditating? Mm, I've, I love being out in nature. So I love to either go sit by the ocean or go for a, a hike with the dogs. That's really my, my thing. Love yeah. it. A hot bath. Love oh. a hot bath. Definitely. Um, what what's, um, what chore do you hate doing? Oh, clean the house. <laughs> <laughs> the dishwasher, emptying and filling. <laughs> um, what's your most favourite place in the world? Hmm. I think New Zealand and oh. California. Is it, again, is it, yeah, New Zealand is just like paradise on earth but i i really am loving california i mean that this is, feels like home yeah what song gets you up on the dance floor mm. oh that's a difficult one isn't it so many I'm yeah to, i feel like they're constantly changing but yeah i feel like one that has just followed my entire career is dancing queen really I mean, it, it, i mean a little bit of abba there right but yeah even in strictly i used to use that it's just I mean, I remember when I had my book launch here um, and I was pushing the meditation song and then it skipped. And as I'm walking in and it was supposed to play this really peaceful meditation song, it played Dancing Queen. <sighs> and uh, anybody in the room who knew that that was my past obviously thought that was hilarious. But yeah, this sort of followed me. Yeah. <laughs> it says in, in your autobiography it said that um you believe that we all come into each other's lives for a reason and i think we came into our, each other's lives and it sort of led to this point really i think probably after reading your um book it did uh inspire me really to start this podcast i mean it was in the middle of um lockdown and i thought it was something i've always wanted to do so i just wanted to thank you for that Oh, thank you. I love that, Sharon. That makes me really happy. Makes, just to do the things that we, we think, why not? Why not do them? What's the worst thing that can happen? Just jump yeah, in, right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad to be having this chat with you. And Proud me. of you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Once uh, um, travel is up and running again, I'd, I'd love to come over to LA and uh, come to see, is it Zen, Zen Me is your company? Or, um... That's my company, yeah. And yeah. I teach at Unplug Meditation. So come take a meditation class. And anybody listening who's in, if you come to um, uh, LA and you want to come and meditate, you can just DM me and, and come and take a class at Unplug Meditation as well. Enjoy that'd it. be great i'd love to yeah. love to try that and then yeah so obviously for people who, who are not coming over to la everything's on your website yes which is zenme.tv that's it yeah and then yes. all, all of your uh, meditations and everything all your courses are up there as well i'd like to thank you for listening please subscribe and share the word let me know your thoughts about the podcast and maybe who your ideal guest would be Email in the spotlight with Sharon at gmail.com. Tweet me at SEE75 or Instagram in the spotlight with Sharon.